welcome to The Astrocast, a monthly podcast from numinous resident astrologers, Bess Matassa and Sandy Citron. Hi, Numiverse. It's Bess Matassa and Sandy Citron. And we're excited to dive into Virgo season today with you. Um, the sun enters Virgo on August 23rd. And we're going to be giving you an energetic overview of the month ahead, the season ahead, all of the cosmic um, tidbits that you need to know. I don't know that I've ever used the word tidbits before. It's a good Virgo word. It really is. It really is. And we'll talk about what that means, the kind of miniaturized sensations of Virgo energy. Um, But before we dive into Virgo season, I just wanted to like take a minute to center ourselves from what the hell just happened in leo season how was leo season for you sandy this was a hot one (laughs) (laughs) full marshmallow roast i had more yes it was a full marshmallow roast i had more fire this time than in my recent memory it was a lot of fire yeah and i should have been exercising to get it out but it wasn't and instead it was just sitting inside of me fixed <laughs> localized yeah. how did that manifest um i guess maybe uh, it eczema didn't breakouts of my face yeah, <laughs> yeah. eruptions of the yeah. skin yeah, yeah that's fire yeah. um some a lot of a lot of creativity a lot of party planning yeah <laughs> i have uh um some anger which isn't doesn't strike me as a very Leo thing, but it's fire, so yeah. that kind of matches up. Yeah. How was the eclipse cycle for you, or the closeout of the eclipse cycle? It was intense. This was an intense one. Um, this one, I had my first ever migraine. I mean, I'm doing wow. great, by the way. <laughs> Things are fine. <laughs> yeah, there's been like a lot of body stuff. I feel like yeah. in the collective. Yeah, I had my first ever migraine on this last eclipse, and I was like, "Uh huh, that'll that will do it." Build up of um, tension and a kind of restart, and yeah. it it was you know I haven't totally unpacked it, but I'm, it's I feel great now. I kind of. Um, excused myself and went to the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> Just a backyard bonfire on a suburban yeah. porch. Of I'm some hanging kind. out with a therapy dog and Great. I'm feeling very good. Yeah. I feel like you're like embodying this essence of the transition from Leo to Virgo season. Totally. Just sort of grounding down some wood elements, some fur elements. That know? is literally what is happening. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How is this? Uh, eclipse slash Mercury retrograde slash Leo season for you? Uh, Well, you know, I feel like when we last met up um, for this podcast uh, at the end of Cancer season, I mentioned something about like, I felt like I learned the true meaning, like the true meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Cancer season. Not that there's one way, obviously, to experience these energies or that I somehow have some channel (laughs) to the truth of it. But I feel like in some ways I learned a little bit more about the truth, quote unquote, of Leo season this time around too. Um, usually, you know, with my moon and Leo gone wild, I um, I don't want to say it's like a surface understanding of Leonine energy, but I immediately go to kind of the sparkle, the flare, the glitter, like I strap on my metaphorical roller mm-hmm. skates and just like hit the streets and have like, you know, a full like often manifest in like very dramatic like love affairs, like romantic, you know, like all this kind of just like the romance of the world. And it felt like this happened. It happened, but it happened on a much more like internally facing plane this time, you know, and I felt like perpetually the bangles eternal flame was like 
playing in the background of my consciousness because it was really it felt like it connected me to like the light that never goes out so to speak you know in this kind of way of sitting with or embodying fire energy that was much more about kind of the experience of being warmed on the inside or that internal channel than this kind of like making or doing or kind of spilt like the spilling that sometimes happens i think um but i felt like the leo party didn't really start until after august 11th after the solar eclipse and then it felt like there was a little bit of release relief um, and there could be a little bit more you know kind of innocent embodiment of that energy but we're still here here we are (laughs) in these vessels (laughs) yeah it was kind of like a more inward I like your description with you know as mercury was retrograde there was that kind of internalized leo fire yeah building a little self-reflection I mean we talked last time about um this notion you know at some point we touched on this notion of you know loving without attachment quote-unquote you know or what that means to kind of let the force of love or the force of that kind of warmth like basically just sort of channel through you you know without Mm. having to like hit a target or make a you know especially with mars retro and all this kind of energy um and i felt like i got a little bit of a taste of that um by the by the end of of uh of leo season so you're an inspiration (laughs) inspiration to us all i mean i've been in like a lifelong mastery with leonine energy so this is uh you know we'll see how it goes um yeah so the sun enters Virgo on yes. the 23rd of August. Yes, and... Bess. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> and, you know, so we like to sort of start with this kind of energetic overview of, or the sort of the hits, the things that are kind of coming through to us thematically on a macro level for this season ahead. What was, you know, firing to you initially when you started to take a look at these charts and feel into this energy? So... What popped into my mind was a slumber party. Ooh. <laughs> and that I you know, as to parse that out, what I think I'm thinking about, you know, because a lot of times these symbols just pop into my mind. It's almost like a dream. And then you have to kind of examine the symbology and see what it means. So at a slumber party, like I'm talking a real slumber party yeah. with, you know, your friends and you're doing usually these kind of basic things. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's some manicures or some, <laughs> some like sleeping. <laughs> there's some eating happening. You're, right. you're just, it's like real life stuff. Right. Um, but there is a kind of dreamy, a, a dreamy note, I'll say, mm. to this season so it's like we're taking care of business we're doing the things we do um but it's maybe a little bit more special Mm -hmm. or it's a little bit more um you know with our pisces full moon we we've got we're gonna have a a toe into a different world a different environment and but there's a lot of earth and so it's like maybe at a slumber party it's a chance to take a little self-care time Mm mm-hmm um, in a special way. Right. So a little break from your everyday. Yeah. That's pretty positive. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting because the first image I got, and I feel like it's deeply connected to the slumber party. And we, we try not to like share our images before we actually begin because it's, I don't know, it's always so interesting to hear them revealed in this moment. But 
the first image that I had, I had kind of a series of interconnected images, but the first, you know, kind of environment that I was thinking of was, and I don't know, for some reason I'm feeling like maybe I spoke about this during Gemini season, which was the last mutable energy, you know, before Virgo season, um, but I'm not sure. But the image that was really firing for me was um, this series of books. Um, I think it was maybe like in the early 90s, maybe late 80s, called The Magic School Bus. Mm. And it was, if you don't know what that is and you're curious, you know, Google it because there's some like pretty wild imagery from it. Um, but basically this teacher, Miss Frizzle, who was like, you know, kind of like whatever, like going about her normative kind of daily classroom things. And then she would take the children on a quote-unquote field trip but they would like the school bus would morph into this magic bus and they would go on like these wild journeys like one was like into the body you know and then they would like the bus was literally like inner space style traveling through the human body and the kids were like touching platelets and like you know floating in the bloodstream or things like that and <laughs> so it was sort of like a mashup of that imagery and you know almost like a night at the museum like a, mm. a slumber part like yeah literally a sleepover at the museum <laughs> and I was so I was like what is like what is this what is going on and it's it's exactly what you're speaking about it's this kind of magic and pageantry and like kind of mystery to the mon- to the quote-unquote mundane yeah and it feels like so deeply connected to me um you know to the phrase obviously we often hear this phrase like as above so below you know and it's used in all these contexts that it's almost become kind of free-floating we don't even know like what does that even mean anymore <laughs> but it feels like there's such a, a macro level kind of return in this season to the sense that we're not we don't exist apart from the physical world and there is uh, there's kind of a it's even beyond a reciprocity it's this feeling of like the physical world is not a symbol for our experience like there's actually a reciprocal exchange so it's like if you think about the way that your skin feels before a lightning storm like or putting pop rocks in your mouth that's like uranus energy or like you know the feeling of like um you know, kind of biting into a hard nut or cracking open a hard nut. It could be like Saturn or Capricorn or even Scorpio. And it's like these physicalized experiences that are not just symbols of energy, but are actual energetic experiences. And like, what would it mean to not consider ourselves apart from the natural processes of processes that are surrounding us? So we like move in the rhythm with yeah. the way things are. We would have a lot more inner peace. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, this is something that uh, it, this this statement kind of came to me through a channel. So I'm like, I'm I'm glad it met me. But it was it's this idea: nature is slow. Nature is slow, and I like feel like I wasn't that. This is not my idea, but I kind of happened to hear someone say it, and I was like, oh yeah. Like, if we can connect to that, then we'll have so much more peace as opposed to trying to force things or push things. And in this Virgo season, I think if we can just connect to the moment and to the process and, like, the idea that nature has its own rhythm and actually when we're washing the dishes, we can just wash the dishes because we can't fast forward past that to like the dinner if we don't have clean dishes yeah (laughs) then we'll have so much more peace and if in our lives we're looking at something that frustrates us about our life 
we can understand that there's a series of steps that need to happen to maybe change that. And we can't just push past it and be in the quote unquote better thing. We have to actually do the process. Yeah. No, I love this like idea of the processual like learning or almost it makes me think of like things like slow food or like, you know, the meditative washing of the dishes. And it's like, you know, I think of like Stevie Nicks, you know, landslide, that phrase, can I handle the seasons of my life? And Mm. it's like really inquiring what season we're in. I don't mean like, you know, like, okay, we're entering fall or whatever. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, you know, at the end of Virgo season, we're still in summer, but, um, the sense of like, where are you even like elementally in your life right now at like a given moment? Like, what is the balance between the four elements, like in your energy? Mm. You know, it's like, do you need to like put your hand in a bucket of water or under a tap right now. I mean, it can be that like literal or like sit down on the ground or like kind of feel into like where you are in, in that natural process. I love that nature is slow too. I don't even, it's like something that's like that kind of, I don't know if there's a phrase for like the things that are seemingly obvious, but that then you hear them kind of coming yeah. through in like this direct and you're like, whoa, nature, like nature <laughs> is slow. It <laughs> like, is. Yeah. And this, this idea of gestation and incubation mm-hmm. too, which feels, um, feels very Virgoan in many ways to gestate something or to, to stay with the time, you know, the kind of timing and the emergence of something that we're keeping tender. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like Virgo being in one way, the harvest time yeah and you can look at that there's i went to a farm last week and the farmer was even saying you know this big sunflower was a tiny little seed like i remember planting this and it was so small and in that moment of like you know what if in our big moments of harvest we can look back at all the steps that took to get there like it could actually give us some more um, confidence for the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the willingness to be small. Mm. And I don't mean like, you know, like to not take up the space, you know, the space that's your like birthright to whatever, or to like push yourself back into like smallness in the sense of smallness. Um, you know, but I feel like there's something so miniaturized about like, I don't know, for, for some reason it's reminding me of this phrase. It's this like, French architect philosopher guy named Gaston Bachelard who says this phrase called intimate immensity and it's like the feeling when you're looking at a dollhouse or you're like tucked into like a clock you know or like Mm. a small space and you both feel or you're wandering at the base of the mountain you know I often call it like dazzling speckhood this idea of the Pisces Virgo axis where if we agree to be small to be like micro dots in the universe like there's a there's also like an immensity to that. There's an expansiveness to that. Like both of those things, you know, they're partnered when we're willing to kind of surrender in that particular way to our microscopic qualities in Absolutely. some ways. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. There's you can um, look up at the night sky and see the stars, and there's this moment of total. I don't know. I find a comfort in it and an awe at once. Like it's this mashup between like like feeling just so little and just so me and then also this expansive like whoa so the sun enters virgo and immediately we have this grand trine so this flowing kind of lubricated relationship between uranus and the earth sign of taurus um saturn in capricorn and the sun in virgo so what do you make of this 
Yeah, I mean, this is a... A grand trine is always harmonious. I like that you use the word lubricated. <laughs> it's always um, uh, a moment to personally come into your sense of empowerment and in a very gentle way, a kind of buffered way. So here, um, what have you been building? What have you been renovating? And what are the small details that need adjustments um, within that? It, it could actually be a very nice time to work with whatever project you're working on, whatever that may be, and make things happen, bring them into balance um, where there may not have been that kind of helpful vibe beforehand. Yeah, I like this idea almost like you're, when you're talking, I'm thinking of the notion of like leaning, kind of leaning against something. And, you know, when I first was looking at the ingress chart, you know, for the sun's entry into Virgo, immediately I had this image from my grandmother's house growing up of this like vanity that she had a vanity table with a series of perfume bottles and they were actually like kind of gross I think they were like very old and like kind of like but in my mind there was this kind of pageantry or this kind of stateliness to them on this tray and they were right by the window which was probably just you know was breaking them down but you know the light would pass through these bottles in this particular way so it got me thinking of you know this sense that you know, because looking at all of the charts from this month, immediately I was like, oh, it's like basically all earth and air. And this gives, like, this can have this so almost like feeling of brittleness. It's like too much reality or too much seeing or, you know, because fire and water bring it up from the internal channel. There's like that kind of internal fantasy spark and then it kind of comes out. And for me, I've always experienced earth and air energy as kind of like responding to the like environmental kind of responsiveness, um, you know, and then there's kind of a reshaping. Um, but I started to think about like smoothing the contours of like reality, quote unquote, you know, and obviously everybody's, you know, version of reality is different. And I'm not saying the earth science have some like corner on the market of reality, but this feeling of like, sometimes when we're kind of like agitating against the way the environment is or the constraints of our environment or the constraints of our lives quote unquote we don't we we don't like see this kind of like microscopic beauty that's happening it's like i don't know there was something about this image of the perfume bottle and the light passing through this bottle and like taking this time of this first week of virgo season to really like feel into where you're agitating against the way things are or the you know the way things are unfolding is keeping you from seeing actually like what is what is here you know what is like sort of he, like here to be discovered almost in that in those in that container you know that there's that when we're we're trying to push past it or we're trying to futurize it or we're trying to push it away that there's something about attending to those kind of like that micro beauty that we lose yeah know? that's so powerful um there is like a real functionality available here yeah. that you can access if you're not in resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, sometimes with earth, it, it's earthy, it's grounded. It, it can be, you know, well, I built this much, so I don't want to change it. Um, or change is going to be really hard. But in this configuration, we have a lot of access to um, change that can make things more productive because Uranus is in this trine as well. So you can stop resisting because you already worked so hard and you made it a certain way and actually just be in it. And maybe there's something functional you can do yeah. with it if you need to. Yeah, I like this idea of like functionality too. It's like 
not to go too much on like this bender of images, but you know, I was thinking through um, like kind of the the tarot imagery of of Sun in Virgo and of um, you know Mercury in Virgo, which we'll get to a little later. But this notion almost of like you know childhood visits, if you ever went as a kid to like IKEA or some furniture store where there'd be scenarios like set up, you know, like the environments like there'd be like the kitchen or the you know and I remember as a kid thinking like this oh god this is like adult like there was something so compact and kind of glorious about that but it feels like somehow like that like functionally or like how do you kind of lubricate the systems of your life to like create the contours of the room that like you want to inhabit and walk through in that way and and where can it become more like easeful when you're not kind of railing against you know and it's like Uranus, the sun, and Saturn, it's almost like it also puts me in the mind of like kind of like relaxing into our natures almost, you know, and obviously what our natures are, quote unquote, is a complex discussion, but like being as we are, like in our physical bodies, like whatever your relationship is to your, you know, physical body, that can be complex too, obviously, but like starting with like that container and and things as they are and yourself as you are, you know, in this very like Virgoan way of non-judgment actually, but but attending to the the details of the physical world world, but also as a gateway to a certain acceptance, you know. Okay. I'm torn right now because yeah. I want to go on and talk about the full moon. But yeah. I also want to talk about judgment because you just brought it up. Well, Oh, God. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Am I going yeah. ahead? No, no, we'll no. We'll talk no, about the, it later. The card I pulled for this okay. month was no, Judgment. Oh, really? Card. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because when I, you said it, like a flag went up in my brain. And I was like, we have to talk about yeah. Judgment. Let's, let's okay. go there. Let's go there. You want to do it now? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. So tell us about the card. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think we, and I feel like, I mean, this, not to sound like, maybe this will sound like pretentious or self-righteous or something, but I feel like. I feel like one of the reasons that I'm here as an astrologer is to like um, champion the Virgo cause somehow. <laughs> like, and I have no like personal like stake in it. Like, I don't have any Virgo planets or anything. But well, I'm like, well, I do have my whole sixth house, but I don't have you know, like I don't have actual placements right. in Virgo. Um, but I'm so obsessed with like kind of recuperating like Virgo's kind of mystical qualities and kind of like. Um, I don't know, challenging some of the narrative that that kind of tends into this kind of like grippy, critical, organized kind of, you know, what what is that? So when I pulled, you know, I was like kind of feeling into this season's energy and I pulled the judgment card and, you know, the image I always get with the judgment card is like, you know, basically that scene in American Beauty, like near the end where I think Kevin Spacey has already died, you know, and he's looking back at all these moments, you know, of his life, these little microscopic moments and the bag that catches the wind and all of these things. And he's seeing them all equally as like these gateways to beauty. And it feels like there's a gift in that energy when Virgo doesn't kind of go into the vibration of critique, you know, or seeing the different pieces as cause for separation or like assessment or that actually sees them as like things to be celebrated and integrated under one sky or in one human being, you know, that there's a kind of separating, you know, out in order to then ultimately like come into the vibration also of Pisces, which is like 
snow fall, falling equally on all things, you know, the landscape being kind of covered and us being able to like self-assess, but also to self-accept. Yeah. So beautiful. So you're saying that Virgo can offer us as opposed to this judging kind of um, hyper discerning quality that we think of often with Virgo, that the sign can actually offer us take each moment and see it as its own unique thing with no judgment. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. But it's part of our humanness because Virgo really knows all like the microscopic movements of humanness, of even the human body. They're like yeah. physical antenna. Yeah. Know? I think, um, I'm just thinking about myself now. Yeah. So yeah, you, I you're have, like the actual I have <laughs> Venus and Virgo and I have Mars and Mercury and Scorpio. And I feel my, my, way of thinking about people is that we're all just all this collection of different drives and aptitudes and ways of being in the world and that's all so human and I personally really don't I mean I'm sure we all judge right that's a human thing too (laughs) but when I look at someone I I just am like yeah that's a person you know and I know I'm I know I have my unconscious judgments and my unconscious biases and stuff like that but if if for example a friend is dating someone who you know they break up a bunch of times and you know another friend would be like oh I hate that guy I literally don't hate that guy I'm like well if they end up back together cool because it's human (laughs) you know like everybody is unique and has all these different ways that they can be at different moments and we're all we're all, you know, why would I judge that person? I don't know them. I don't know the relationship, you know? So I think that if we're using me as an example, you're right. (laughs) That Virgo can really offer this ability to be like, oh, I see, I just see all the little things. And I don't have to be in judgment. But Virgo does also hold this this kind of um, discerning or refining um, program as well, which is about looking at each little thing and maybe moving it right, <laughs> somewhere. Right, right. Um, because it's this adjusting energy or this like uh, um, spiraling kind of energy. Let's keep it moving. So maybe we put this over here, we put this over there. So all of this to say that as you move through Virgo season, you know, noticing the little details or noticing when you're in judgment or when you're, you're, pulling something apart and what you're doing with that and just kind of watch yourself I would say it's not really advice but yeah it's um an opportunity to uh see how you discern and how you what you want to say yes or no to or maybe there's no yes or no it's just looking at the detail yeah yeah because I think we do have to like remember too that this is mutable you know in astrology what we call mutable energy so these are the signs you know virgo pisces sagittarius gemini that exist at the edge of a given season to lead us into a falling away so we're you know entering a time where we're um we're about to fall away again we're about to dissolve into a new you know seasonal you know part of the seasonal quartet and so that there is this you know and also thinking about the principle of judgment it's like also like there's no judgment on judgment (laughs) like like also like i mean not to get too like meta but you know this feeling of 
you know, we talked about it in Gemini season, the last mutable season that we had of, um, of this kind of just like noticing, like you're saying, and noticing the moving around or noticing the parsing out or the pieces that are kind of in play. Um, and finding also like a way to um, celebrate the, the unknowingness of that or the unknownness of where the, how those are going to kind of fit together. I mean, this is like a season that's for undoing to a certain degree, as much as it is doing, obviously, with this strong earthy energy, but that there could be like somehow some undoing or some um, refusal or allowing to not come to conclusions about the doing, about like what the doing is going to add up to. Because, you know, in many ways, Virgo, I don't know, some people would probably disagree, but I feel like Virgo sometimes gets spoken about as if it's functioning with an ideal in mind. Mm. And it doesn't often feel like that to me. I mean, I feel like I see the air signs as kind of like an ideal, like a castle in the clouds or some sort of like very distant. But Virgo is very present, like with the like, okay, what's what's here? What's on hand? You know, what am I kind of making? If there's something to be made out of this little pile over here, we'll make a meal out of it or whatever it is. So it's like, we don't need to necessarily, we can apprentice ourselves to the season without necessarily knowing, you know, how to come into mastery yet or even what the end game of that process is apprentice yourself to the season <laughs> do it like i oh, that just i love that um it's task oriented kind yeah. of so just find some tasks and do them yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so okay great interlude a judgment interlude now <laughs> on to the full moon in pisces so what happens here with this full moon is that the moon in pisces um, it interacts with this grand trine in Earth that we described to form a kite formation. And so the grand trine turns into a kite, which means that our stable, um, grounded, solid, earthy base now becomes directed in toward a new type of energy, toward um, something more intuitive, something more sensual and feeling and flowing and imaginative and so let's start to unpack this a little bit yeah so when i first looked at this chart all i could hear playing in my mind was cindy lopper's time after time um and this notion of like i I think it was something about like the go slow i fall behind time after time there was something about in my mind this notion of the earthiness, like you're saying, and then the dissolution or the the total out of timeness of Pisces. And I know we got super meta on the last podcast episode about time is nonlinear and like all of this these like conceptions <laughs> of time. But in some ways, this feels to me like um, an extension of this work because um, there's something about the ability to something fired to me when I looked at this chart about the ability to to wait and not have it be a waiting again like kind of returning to that notion of gestation you know because for pisces there's no like it's not waiting or not waiting it's like almost like operating outside the contours of like the arrow or the channel or that kind of you know and coupled with this capricorn energy of a certain like timelessness or the ability to kind of like withstand all of these like weather patterns that come into the capricornian field and you know like and taurus too well and i mean all of the earth signs but and just kind of be weathered by the the changing conditions and let ourselves kind of get reshaped. So I was feeling that too with like the kind of looseness, like the loose container of Pisces, like how can we kind of let the 
whatever's coming up around this full moon um wet like quite literally weather us like not like weather like weather in the sense of like (laughs) oh my god i'm like so haggard by my emotional experiences but like kind of like i don't know maybe this is like way too esoteric but like just experience the elements the emotional elements of this moon on our bodies and like almost like let them let it do to us what it will you know obviously not with like laying down to die in the face of like you know circumstances where we have to find an ego at the center of all this of, of all this and find our eye but this is kind of like an eyeless moon in some ways you know at least when i first looked at it oh yeah um by the way <laughs> this is on august 26th <laughs> <laughs> that's good too like neptune yeah <laughs> speaking yeah. of time um and this makes me think of uh so i'm taking care of a little dog not my dog um, wish I had a dog and dogs and pets are very Virgo and, uh, every once in a while, this doesn't happen very often. I encounter like a dog where when I, if I'm alone and I pet the dog, I just start crying. Like this is, you know, a very rare thing, but to me, this feels like what you're talking about, like using kind of being in the earth world and being in your body and letting the feelings kind of flow or or be whatever they are without judging them or something and there's this channel between for me what I'm experiencing is this channel between this pet and which is a healer dog obviously and then that's giving me access to my emotions which are in the intuitive realm and the feeling realm and it's somehow subconsciously helping me cathartically heal and so is that connected to what you're talking yeah. about? It seems like it is. No, it feels like it's it's making me think of like, I don't know, like sensitivity is a superpower. The sense that like this moon, um, you know, if we really, I mean, there's so many ways in which we steal ourselves, obviously, just to like function on the daily and, you know, depending on our disposition, obviously, you know, we have a whole different histories with that. But is there a way to kind of crack yourself open a little bit mm-hmm. in this moon and actually let yourself, I mean, if you like, if you like open up and like open up in particular ways, I mean, you can like break down sobbing potentially with like, you know, a, a tree leaf, like falling to the ground, the sound of a tree leaf hitting the ground. I mean, maybe, I don't know, depending on who you are, but maybe it's just me, but like, just like the, the, the direction and the change in the direction of the breeze, or like you're saying like this responsiveness to like the presence of, you know, and it, it feels like it connects to this notion of like both the time and the timelessness. It's like when we, attend in that sensitized way to the shifts in the seasonal environment, the shifts in the natural environment, we have to confront a certain dying, you know, or a certain like death, you know, and then living and dying cycle. Um, But also like this sense of like, I don't know, the kind of timelessness, obviously that dog's going to like pass on, but there's, there's both like the ephemeral, we connect to the ephemeral and to our own mortality, but we also connect to like this durability or the, the earth's kind of ability to just kind of like keep repurposing things or keep sort of like churning out new spirits or like new, you know, vessels for um, exploration. So this full moon can give you a really excellent chance to channel whatever needs to move through and um, pay attention to your dreams, notice what information they're giving you, uh, journaling, kind of connecting inward with your um, inner symbology to see what 
is alive for you and what feelings are coming up and what's really going on in your subconscious realm. Pisces rules the subconscious and the dream space. So go on that magic school bus into <laughs> your subconscious mind and spend some time floating around in there. Touch some platelets. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Mars going direct. Woohoo! Woo! Yes. All the Libras <laughs> in the world rejoice. All the Aries in the world say. <laughs> <laughs> All the Scorpios. Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, we've talked in like previous episodes because Mars has been direct for, um, I mean, it feels to me like an eternity now, uh-huh. but about both being, you know, partially martial beings and this experience. Um, I feel like the Mars Direct, um, basically the journey of Mars Direct, because it's going to then move, you know, forward into Aquarius um, on the 10th of September, but we'll, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves. And it goes direct on the 27th, by the way. On the 27th, yes. yes. (laughs) Um, And the first thing I thought of when I was looking at this was – like shoulder pads and almost like a like kind of like corporate chic from like the 80s like these very kind of structural like I thought of like images of not like like Grace Jones as a corporate figure but like images of her with these like very strong shoulder pads or like Sharon Stone or um, this energy of of Capricorn um, you know creating this really really solid kind of container uh, it feels kind of perfect that Mars is is gonna station direct in Capricorn you know where it's exalted quote-unquote yeah and this you know the mar when mars moves direct just keep uh you know if you're having any relationship conflicts or any anger issues remember i was getting so fired up in leo season a lot of anger that needed to move within me so just noticing that because when there's a station it can be a time of a heightened sensation of the retrograde experience. And so around August 27th, take a little extra time out for yourself or whatever to work with anything or exercise or get that fire going, get that fire moving. Just be aware. That's what I'll say about that. And anything else about the Mars? Yeah, I mean, I think about, um, you know, just connected like sort of imagistically to the tarot this is connected to the card you know because each tarot card has resonance with an astrological placement and mars in capricorn is connected to the three of pentacles or the three of crystals if you you know use the star child um or you know it's it's a lot of different terms in different decks but basically the pentacles and you know i always feel like with this energy like there's a certain it's almost like being like in a harness like like the energy of Mars and Capricorn it's like knowing that you're held like the action is held like there's a certain containment to it you know whether it's dancing in a small room or it's the image of like flying on a harness or like on a trapeze where you're still like hooked in that there's like a grounding within the move the forward movement this isn't like erratic movement or and whatever that means to you creating a structure for your movement where you you know map things out in a particular way or it's kind of coming off this full moon in Pisces, like reacquainting yourself with like source, divine, whatever you want to, you know, whatever your relationship is with something larger than yourself to create a container energetically for your movement in that way to feel held, you know, so this isn't like, oh my God, Mars goes straight, you know, and then it's like, like, it's not, 
Mars in Capricorn doesn't feel to me at least like an explosive energy. You know, I mean, obviously it, it can be, it can have a drive, it can have an iciness, it can have like an uphill climb feeling, but there's a certain measured energy to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be like you're harnessed and you're like a yak pulling <laughs> a wagon or something and you got out of the mud a little bit here at this direct and now you're on more firm ground and you can (laughs) move that wagon (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah but just don't barrel over anybody else in the process (laughs) um (laughs) then on september 5th we've got our dear friend mercury moving into its own sign virgo what a happy day for little mercury (laughs) free of the retrograde free of the shadow and into its own sign. So now we can really think about things. Yeah. I'm curious to talk to you, Sandy, um, about the relationship between Mercury and Virgo, you know, because it's, you know, not that it's like uh, something of like huge debate in like astrology necessarily, but I'm always curious as to interpretations of the relationship between those two, because, you know, in some kind of schools of thought or, you know, different people's interpretations, Virgo might be associated or it's it's like there might be a, a bet not a better but an alternate kind of association um, with with Virgo having a ruler being you know one of the asteroids or even Chiron speculated or so what is like your knowledge or feeling into the relationship between those two yeah and just for clarity for anyone who's wondering Mercury is the dual ruler of Gemini and Virgo so with this you know, we're kind of thinking like, well, does it really just only belong to Gemini or is it also belong to Virgo too? You know, and classically, yes, of course, in astrology, we interpret it as being the ruler of Virgo. But personally, and this is cool that we're talking about this because I've had so many clients recently with Mercury in Virgo and my fiance has Mercury in Virgo and we're planning a wedding and there are so <laughs> many details and and it's just, we're just chasing details and it's been funny and interesting to watch this um, Virgo thinking process and what yeah. it's like. So I, I'm really into it. I think that the Virgo process is, is very small picture. And when you have Mercury in Virgo, um, you tend to think about things in, in small bites. It's like you're a baker and you want to have all of the materials for your pie right in front of you. And you want to pristinely take the flour and the sugar and all measure it all perfectly and get everything exact. And then when you put it together, each individual ingredient you put together at the right time and in the right order, you don't have to search for anything in another room. It's all right there. Then there's this high craft that you're doing and you can put everything together and create alchemy and create like this bigger product, you know, the, the, the bread, the loaf of bread, the fact that it came from all these small things is incredible, right? So to me, Virgo feels very mercurial, mercurial, <laughs> I'll try to say that right, um, because it's, it's quick, it's moving, there's all these small parts, you're making connections, you're bringing things together. Um, it's not super, like I can see where it starts to verge out because it's like, is, yes, Mercury is supposed to be super comfortable in Virgo, but I find a lot of people with Mercury in Virgo getting stressed out by their 
overthinking or their anxiety that kind of occurs Mm -hmm. when the ideas are coming too fast. And you would think that Mercury would be able to better handle all the ideas than it is when it's in Virgo. It kind of can get bogged down real fast and get anxiety. What do you think? Um, I mean, I feel like I, we could do like a whole other like installment just on like waxing poetic about Virgo's complexities. Um, but I feel like I love that you brought up the word alchemy. Um, cause it's, I mean, it's a word that gets like bandied about, I feel like in the wellness, whatever mystical space sometimes without specificity, but here there's a really kind of specific context for it. And it's, I love the imagery that you're using around the kind of measuring the meal, you know, the, the, the cause it's such an earthy, you know, energy of, basically repurposing elements or bringing out almost like the best or like bringing out the kind of essence of an element and transmuting it and making sort of like magic that way um because there there is this kind of magical quality i think to both gemini and virgo that are sort of like their channels they're like kind of wide open channels that are inviting in these elements as they are quote unquote and kind of repurposing them sort of tweaking them and out they pop on the other side is like, you know, in Virgo's case, this kind of like meal. And I think Virgo or Mercury in Virgo reminds us that consciousness can also be like physicalized, that like information we're getting, like, although it can, like you're saying, people can kind of get into the buzziness with like Mercury and Virgo energy of like the brain, Mercury and Virgo feels to me like the brain is on every part of the body, you know, that there is this like multi-surface. And I think it's something that we touched on in Gemini season two, but it's really, really firing for me here where it's like, there's so many sources of information available with Mercury and Virgo, you know, and it's like, again, like that, you know, the shifting of the light or something in your physical environment or, you know, so I love this image of like making this meal or, you know, whatever your image is of like, transmuting physical material maybe it's making perfume or making wine or something where you like are getting information from something in your physical environment um you know in a way that's also like enacting a a change it's not an aggressive change because it's also like responding to what what is on hand you know open your kitchen cabinet says virgo and like let's see what we can make out of this basically you know (laughs) what's on hand already without having to like epic take like epic trips to some like whatever gourmet grocery store um but this this notion of information coming in through different channels that aren't necessarily like just the machinations of like the mind yeah so um one thing you said really stood out i think it's kind of a good takeaway um maybe my mercury and virgo clients or you know or or just anyone (laughs) during this time yeah who is getting um, caught up in the mind space and getting overthinking or getting anxious or overwhelmed is having a disembodied kind of experience or mm-hmm. that it's too airy, it's too in the head. And um, one thing I always say for Virgo people, and so this is a takeaway for all of us right now because it's Virgo season, is to be out in nature. And part of that, the reason behind that, and I just made this connection based on what you're saying, Bess, part of the reason behind that is like you get in your body and if we can get into our body, it kind of diffuses the overthinking and everything's back in its right place. And the brain is on every part of the body and we're getting, we're in our senses and we're experiencing the moment. So that's the cure to this kind of like 
potential for overthinking or whatever is to to go clean the refrigerator go do something where you're really just focused on what you're doing or better than that you know do something really embodied do something where you're do it I mean it doesn't even matter what you're doing right we're in our bodies we can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we can't escape them so just notice them um, yeah. in a positive way okay <laughs> yeah. yeah and because the next day you know on September 6th we have Saturn stationing direct in Capricorn so another um, earthy containment sensation um, what do you make of the the station of Saturn Well, um, this is important because we've been reviewing a little bit how we are structuring things in our lives um, for the last months, and now we're going to be able to go back to just building, building, building um, as we move through the rest of this year. Maybe there's more direct energy available to just create whatever it is we're creating instead of reviewing um, how we're structuring it. But as we did say, and so Bess and I were talking before, we don't wait too much these um, stations of the outer planets, but they are still important, you know, but I'm not going to run up to my friend and say, how is that Saturn direct for you? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not as personal as a Mercury, Venus, or um, Mars retrograde, but it's still important. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're having a big Saturn transit happening. True. You know. Um, but yeah, it feels like kind of like the slipping again, I mean, to think about that harness, the Mars harness, it feels like a slipping in of something into a, it's almost like I'm thinking, I mean, it's not a watery energy, so it's not exactly a flume ride, but it's something when it like clicks, it like clicks in, in order to move, you know, um, you know, and maybe it's a bone reset or it's something where it's like anything that's kind of out of alignment or has been like a little bit wonky, um, in terms of us us making peace with uh, with like what kind of needs to come forward in an aligned way it's like there's a certain amount of acceptance i think that we have to do with saturn energy like acceptance of physical constraint acceptance of the our body you know acceptance of our that our body is temporary um you know things of that nature so there is this kind of question again that comes up about legacy and what we're doing you know what we're here to bring forward in this particular body i mean you know, outside of the, the, the notion of like, okay, our energy could, you know, reincarnate or be repurposed to, you know, countless times in different ways. But like, what are you going to do with your, your existence, this go around basically? So, you know, it's just, I think, I think a nice moment um, in the, in the year to kind of just sort of like check back in with what you're bringing forward, not to be super like tweaky and, you know, analytical about or judgmental about, you know, where you are, where you should be, but um, just just a knowingness, because usually we know, obviously we know on like a cellular cellular level, the things that have like kind of gotten a little bit like wonky in their course and just sort of like corral some of the energies back, um, you know, if that means obviously like sloughing off some things that are um, siphoning off your energy in ways that are not kind of in that channel. Yes. Um, new moon comes up on September 9th and on the very same day Venus enters Scorpio yeah Venus (laughs) so the big deal about this new moon is that well there's a lot of big deals about the new moon Um, this new moon in Virgo is trying Pluto which I just think is interesting since the full moon 
was trying to Saturn and Capricorn and Uranus and Taurus. And now at the new moon, we have a really close trine with Pluto and Capricorn, which is again saying, let's, let's just be focused in the earth realm. We're taking some things apart. We're putting some things back together. We're working with what we've built. <laughs> We're letting it fall away. Really look at what is around you. Look at the real stuff, the reality of your life. And um, you don't have to be in resistance to it because this can be easy. Um, and letting go can be easy. And building something new can be easy. It can just be seamless. We don't have to fight it. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's interesting that obviously like Venus enters Scorpio you know, on this same day of the new moon too, you know, not a sign that we necessarily think associated with easefulness, you know, necessarily, (laughs) but it's really interesting because I don't know, I feel like I always get really fascinated by the notion of, um, of Scorpio as a fixed sign that is also so connected to change and to transformation you mean because we think about the fixed signs energies with a certain degree of entrenchment you know a certain degree of like this kind of like root systems and kind of underground you know you think about like underground water sources with scorpio and um just all of this kind of this feeling of of digging in or gripping and and yet like venus and scorpio as a placement one of the greatest gifts is to be able to especially with this you know this planet venus being pleasure centric and related centric um, relationship centric that the ultimate one of the ultimate like gifts of this kind of time that venus moves through scorpio is to be able to kind of ungrip the palms a little bit or relate to change in relationship in a little bit of a different way at the same time as like seeing the kind of like what endures. So there's like, I don't know, there's something interesting about the kind of survival aspects of thinking about Capricorn and Scorpio together to me, because these are two signs that are such soul survivors in many ways. Like these are the signs in my mind, at least that are going to survive the apocalypse. Like <laughs> maybe Aries too, yeah, throw it in there, but um, for different reasons, but that, I don't know. I feel like there's something about this entry at the new moon um, of Venus into Scorpio that kind of that softens some of the hard of like the hard edges it's almost like really kind of relishing the intensity of that sensation of um, you know of relationships being kind of you know not relishing the grippiness of it but relishing um, the intensity of the emotion whatever it is like with a you know a partner or a friend or um, that there can be something about at the same time as you're saying like this kind of container and making peace with kind of constraint in that way that there's um there's a there's something about this this entry of venus into scorpio that feels more peaceful to me mm-hmm. than a normal kind of like scorpio textbook kind of energy of like you know burn it down to the ground or like fight to the death or that there's something about kind of sliding into the um the intense energies that feels somehow more easeful to me yeah I mean, Venus is a real harmonious planet, right? (laughs) But Scorpio is intense. And then we've also got this Pluto, who's the ruler of Scorpio, trine happening with the sun and the moon. So it does open it up, and it feels like there's a chance to really connect and um, put down, you know, your defenses and find, let go of anything you don't need to carry 
and find some trust and find some opening um, so that you can really have intimacy. The, the potential for all of these things shows up at this new moon. And if it's not happening yet at the new moon, what about a promise or what about a intention for those things? Because that's what the new moon is so good for. So intentions for trust, intentions for um, connection, for intimacy, intentions to know your own worthiness so that you can feel stable enough to really uh, merge in a way that is healthy. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think too about like kind of returning to the notion, thinking about the relationship between Virgo and Scorpio, this kind of like blessing or accepting of our humanness, you know, that both of these signs feel connected to this principle and almost the sense of like knowing our animal natures so we can not tame them, but just so we can have a relationship to the gap between like the urge taking over our body and like running away with us and have some choice over how we relate, you know? And it's like really like, you know, kind of getting into the trenches with some of your urges, whatever, you know, with, with non-judgment, you know, in mind, um, in order to then kind of bless them. And then in order to, you know, from time to time, cultivate some relationship where there's like a pause or there's like a moment, you know, in kind of Virgo style of discernment where you can almost choose, you know, whether you want to be, you know, carried away by your carnal urge in that moment or whether, you know, there's some, there's some other kind of like buoyancy buoyancy or opening uh, that you want to choose instead. The day after the new moon, Mars enters Aquarius. And so with Mars at zero degrees Aquarius and Venus at zero degrees Scorpio, Venus and Mars are square. And um, just to note too, that Mars going into Aquarius does bring some air back into this chart and into this time so that um, there's a drive to find some thought structure, some way of thinking, some ideal that can carry you. But with Venus and Scorpio, she's having some um, deep, what she really wants is to uh, connect and have an interpersonal um, union of some kind. So be a little <laughs> abstract, but the square here is like on one hand, really, really wanting a deeper level, but going after it in a way that's a little bit detached. And so that's why it's the square is a little bit uncomfortable because we want depth, but we're going after things in a detached way and kind of like a group way where we're not necessarily finding the depth that we want. Um, not, not the biggest deal or anything. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Um, when I was thinking about this square, you know, for whatever reason I've had like, um, a number, well, maybe not a number, but a, a couple of significant partnerships, uh, with this square, like sun and moon, um, like sun and Scorpio, moon and Aquarius or vice versa. And there's something about this energy of this square that there, there's a, there's a certain swingness. I mean, we think of like the swings as the opposition, but I feel like there's some, there's a certain degree of extremism with both these signs. So like there's, and radicalism almost, or contrarianism. So there's kind of like this feeling of like, you know, totally like helicoptering above like the emotional landscape. And it's like so macro and we're going to like 
you know, like split apart from our emotional responses or our kind of like primitive carnal urges, or we're going to like swing back into this kind of like place of like super entrenched. I don't know. It feels like, um, it feels like almost there's this, um, you know, and whatever we've been getting imagistic the whole time. So, um, to, to return to the, the notion of kind of like the imagery of this, um, it feels to me like it's connected or there's a way to kind of like broker a deal or almost like make peace between these energies or integrate them. Um, and the image that I'm getting is, um, and it's connected to an image I get when I think about actually Mercury in Virgo, um, which is you know, still, Mercury is still in Virgo at this point, um, which is almost like you're coming in if you've been on a plane and you've been like away for, you know, whatever, having some adventure in detached kind of Aquarian land. Um, and you're coming in at night into your home airport, wherever you're, you are. Uh, and you're both above the landscape, but you may or may not be able to see your specific house, but you see all the little houses lit up, you know, and you know that there's people kind of like living and loving and experiencing their, their humanness within the houses, but you're like, panned above the landscape but you also i don't know there's this it feels to me like there's this great potential here for like compat for compassion or for for something into both like to connect to that image of being a dazzling speck to like both be blessing kind of the full range of your human emotions but also be sort of helicoptering above them and seeing how they're kind of connected into this like blanket of like a lineage of people like loving and losing and, you know, like going through these struggles. It's almost like the feeling um, that you can be part of like an epic, there can be some sort of curative or um, healing aspect to being, to placing your own drives and wants and desires within the knowingness that like, these are like eternal kind of human drives and wants and desires that, you know, everyone has loved or wanted or you know all of these kinds of urges that there isn't anything to be ashamed of there yeah it makes me think of um like a good trip to like a museum where you you see some really ancient art that is emotionally connecting and when you find out that the human experience is really vast and mega and that people have been feeling just like you for thousands of years, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Add some perspective. And then moving forward on September 12th, Jupiter is sextile Pluto. So this is a major aspect between two of the outer planets or the further away ones. So Jupiter being... Um, your ability to expand and then Pluto being your ability to regenerate. And so these two are in a harmonious um, moment together, a little, little nice loving glance. Yeah, <laughs> no, it feels like, um, you know, almost any kind of changes or any sort of transformative properties of this kind of season that you've had up to this point of, of kind of blessing your humanness or, you know, blessing also the constraints of being in kind of a physical body or the constraints of your life, whatever they are. It's almost like the image I'm getting almost is of, um, I feel like it's an image I get a lot, but for some reason it's connected to this right now is, um, those little capsules that are sponges that are like sponge animals. You just like plop Mm. them in water, uh, and then they just bust out of their capsule you so know. wait we're children of the 80s i don't know if they still have these yeah, i think they do they do okay, i think good. i googled it for something else. okay <laughs> but you know this kind of like almost um 
that expansion doesn't need to be, you don't need to like rail. It doesn't need to be this kind of like, you know, that there can be kind of an ease in the expansion that needs to happen in this moment um, where you just sort of pop out of your whoop. You're like out of the cap, you know, the capsule into this little form without um, too much like, you know, force or agitation or like, you know, um, cries basically. Gentle birthing. Gentle birthing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about your life now as you're listening and taking out your notebook and just think about like what needs a gentle birthing um, September 12th and the days around that could be, uh, there could be some potent awakening. And also, you know, with a birth, you are by its very nature having a letting go happen too because it's a change. So, see what kind of expansion you could have here this is very powerful and zipping ahead through time and space (laughs) to september 21st so this is the last moment that we'll talk about here and this is when mercury enters libra yeah and I always think that you have Mercury in Libra, but you I do don't. not. You have Mercury in Scorpio. I have double Libra, Sun yeah. and Moon. Yeah. I mean, this feels like, um, to me, it feels like in some ways um, kind of the next level of, I don't want to say mastery, but the, the kind of the work that we've been doing this month around or this season around um, kind of self-acceptance, you know, that then becomes kind of the gateway potentially to self-celebration and celebration of um of constraints or of containers of various kinds in our lives and um, mercury's entry into libra feels to me like there can be such an idealistic urge with libran energy of like the what the thing could be it's certain i mean sometimes i almost like um get virgo and libra intertwined in my mind around the kind of idea of refinement i mean libra obviously has a different charge around this kind of like castle in the sky the kind of like high-minded ideal versus kind of virgo's um operations on the ground with what's with what's there in the earth earthly realm but it almost feels um to me like there's this um this ability to kind of like return to that sense of non-judgment or the judgment you know kind of tarot card where we get to um to, to sort of like make make kind of a final, not a final for all time, but a final in this moment of this season, um, like peace with all of these parts of ourselves, you know, to be able to, um, to see all the cracks, you know, there is this kind of brittleness to the season or the seeing that feels like, you know, like what is actually here, the reality principle, um, but to also kind of like almost make a, a final at the end of the season, like, peace with whatever it is or wherever we are in this process and to kind of smooth some of those edges and to also kind of like re-up our faith in um you know in in an expansion also toward kind of the next ideal whatever it is that we want to kind of set ourselves on to kind of become there's a certain charge to this cardinal energy that comes in yeah so i like this so if you're making peace and libra is the peacemaker the way that Libra does this is through diplomacy. And um, through, what I mean by that is that there's going to be a give and a take and kind of a, um, taking the ideas and finding compromise and finding um, a way to frame how you're thinking about things so that you can have it make sense for yourself. So 
you know, at the end of the season here, this is just a day before the sun's about to move into Libra. So as Mercury moves into Libra, Mercury is the planet that rules how you think. And as Bess is saying, like, this is a chance for some peacemaking. It uh, be so neat to kind of make peace and parse out the ideas, parse out the way that you're framing things and find agreement within yourself right? Because we can't make peace outside of ourselves until we make peace within ourselves. And this has to be a thought process. And there's a chance for this thought process to really go somewhere now. Yeah. So that you, the idea that was maybe spinning before and didn't have anywhere to move or go to, now you can see a clear line and you can see where you can compromise with yourself and come to some clarity and some, some direction and some peace within yourself about what's going on. Yeah, and like ferret out the ferret out is a strange phrase, like but it. ferret out the like the beauty and things too. I mean, there there's a certain gift in Libran energy and a high octave of expression about really being able to, um, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder thing. And I love that that you use this like term framed because I always think of like wandering an art museum, you know, with with Libran energy, and that there's you know if we look at you know, art through time, obviously we can argue that there's certain aesthetic principles that are like pleasing, whatever, you know, globally, and that's a whole nother debate, but that there's a way to frame, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost kind of returning me in my mind full circle to this, this opening of this full moon in Pisces, where like every moment is like a moment of of aliveness and the Virgo energy and there's a beauty in that no matter what the experience is you know whatever we we agitate so much in terms of our assessment over like whether this experience is good or bad or whether I'm like winning or losing or all these polarities that we get into and the ultimate I feel like one of the ultimate gifts of Libra is to find that still point beyond you know the swings or in the center of the swings and so there's almost this this gift that the month kind of outros or this season outros with that's to kind of equalize like all of these like fluctuations or our assessment and to frame them as you're saying um or to just look at how we're kind of framing them and that maybe we can kind of let them sort of seep outside the frame of like swinging between like this is a good experience this is a bad this is how i where i should be this is where you know where i shouldn't go um and enable enabling us to sort of reach that kind of still point at the end of the month yeah so you're at that slumber party (laughs) you know and you're having that conversation and all the guests of the slumber party are actually different parts of yourself within yourself (laughs) then make sure that it's a it's a fun conversation you're having a good time at the party okay maybe this is all a stretch (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like yeah there's a there's a certain journey of both interior and exterior acceptance that this season is really taking us on and acceptance that doesn't have to feel like oh my god this is the this is my lot in life or this is my whatever this is like my rocks to carry up the mountain that it's um it's acceptance in order to then um you know move with the physical contours of what is and and to be able to celebrate that you know to celebrate your your part your piece your tiny virgo and peace in that yeah your moment yeah your the moments of beauty that you are experiencing and the every moment has its own beauty yeah yeah to give yourself that that kind of like 
pageantry to set up little altars to all these moments very like for going you know create creating like little mini altars maybe around your home um, to things that maybe seem mundane to you you know but um so we'll be back um i don't know if you want to say anything else to to close out um, i Virgo season. feel complete you feel complete yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the incomplete complete the the imperfect perfection of virgo season you know which is is all about to a certain extent accepting that the refinement process or the you know new information process the new resources process is endless um so we'll join you again for libra season yes Um, we will and in the meantime um you can find us um writing daily and weekly horoscopes and moon posts and all sorts of really juicy juicy cosmic content on thenuminous.com which is the dash numinous uh n-u-m-i-n-o-u-s dot com and also uh on instagram at at the underscore numinous um and if you enjoyed this you know please please feel free to share it to to rate it and um subscribe yeah subscribe (laughs) and we're happy to be here with you and can't wait to join you for another season thank you so much